everybody. Thanks for listening to the So We Speak podcast. This is Cole Fakes, and this is the second episode in our series on the front lines of COVID-19. We've been putting together a series of people who are on the front lines dealing with the coronavirus, the uh, fallout of the coronavirus, both on the medical side, uh, on the business side, on the spiritual leadership side of things. Wednesday of this week, we had Carson Fakes uh, on to talk about the virus, how it spreads, how it's treated, the pharmaceutical aspect of dealing with the coronavirus. Today, we have Dr. Chris Shadid on the podcast. He sees both worlds on the, on the medical side. As a family practice physician, he sees patients in his family healthcare clinic. And as a hospitalist, he sees patients at Integris Baptist Hospital in OKC. And as you'll hear on the podcast, things look a little bit different in uh, the clinic side of things and in the hospital side of things. And he's bringing a perspective uh, for both of those. Uh, he's a great friend. And as, as you'll hear, he's so good at explaining what's happening, taking care of the people who need it uh, in this really difficult time. So here's Dr. Chris Shadid. Chris, man, thanks for coming on the podcast. I've been looking forward to getting to talk to you about this, uh, not just because of how pressing an issue this feels like, but because you're somebody that's on the front lines actually getting a picture of what people in Oklahoma City and and prospectively what people in the country are going through and how the medical community is responding to it. So my first question is just what are you seeing? <laughs> so, um, well, to, in response to your intro, I mean, Cole, thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be uh, talking to you and about this. Um, this is a, this is an unprecedented event, not only in Oklahoma, but in the country and obviously in the world yeah. and something that we've never seen before. So, right. um, the medical community is almost in chaos, just like yeah. the entire world is. We're all kind of trying to feel this out and figure out, um, where to go. And, and like we said, I'm almost hour by hour kind of trying to figure out, um, what's being thrown at us by the World Health Organization and the CDC and how to combat and minimize the risk of this whole deal. Um, you know, I, I'm, in, I'm in both the office and in the hospital, and I think um, we're seeing very different things. Um, in, the, in the office, in my primary care office, things are just Things are bizarre because people aren't sure if they're supposed to be going to the doctor or if yeah. they are supposed to go to the doctor. Are they supposed to keep their regular visit? Are they supposed to push it back? And um, and then added to that are sick patients that we mm-hmm. um, we're seeing and we we're trying to figure out how to triage everybody. Do yeah. we do we send them to the hospital? Do we send them home? Do we treat people presumptively over the phone? Do we yeah. you know? So it's it's it is definitely the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I think a lot in a lot of the covers and stuff, it's easy to forget that there are other sick people in the world right now besides right. just people that are worried about coronavirus. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that needs to go on as usual, but can you do that? That's exactly right, and 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 that's the biggest concern to the medical community right now is is and this is going to sound um, insensitive, but I, I sure don't want it to. But but bogging down the medical system, right? Right. And um, and, and particularly the hospitals. Yeah. I'm I'm sending people to the hospital who I think are acutely ill, and um, you can imagine the ERs are just packed with people. If yeah. I'm one primary care physician sending them, there are bajillion hospital uh, uh, primary care physicians sending them as well. Definitely. And then there are still, like you said heart attacks and strokes and, um, you know, other people that 
need yeah. to be seen. Well, yeah, a lot of the statistics you hear, like how many beds we've got in hospitals and ICU units and stuff. But even on a regular day, just in the middle of uh, in the middle of flu season, nonetheless, you're going to have most of those full anyway. That's exactly so right. So the opportunity to expand. I mean, I really do think, and I wrote about this on Monday. One of the worst case scenarios is not just that the spread uh, grows exponentially. But that the healthcare system gets exhausted and all beds are full, and then what do you do? That's exactly right. We, um, I was just having a conversation um, with the Integris authorities. Um, I work with Integris, and they're trying to make decisions on how to quote unquote deploy physicians to mm-hmm. different places. I mean, yeah. so we're almost having to have doctors who are working in the outpatient world go to the ER to triage people to make a decision, and and. I think a little bit of this is forward thinking. It's not. It's not a war zone, right? Yet, God, yeah. God willing, it won't get to a war zone. I, you yeah. see, my point right. is is we're not quite there yet, but the concern is definitely yeah. what's coming. Right. So, from the hospital side of things, you're seeing a lot more uh, of the traffic. You're seeing a lot more of the decision making. What's the status on testing and stuff right now? So. Um, unfortunately, I have no idea. If I'm being a, a, an honest person with you, I, yeah. I, I will tell you what is what we're doing um, currently as of Wednesday at noon, um, yeah. what is um, what we're being told to do per the Oklahoma Healthcare Authorities and the CDC. Because the testing resources are so unbelievably limited, mm-hmm. which really just blows everybody's mind. I mean, I it's know, just it's crazy. Surprising. It's surprising <laughs> that they are. And I wonder, is that, a, is that a problem of logistics? Like you have to send them to so many places that no place can get yeah. enough? Is it a problem of I think it's sh- itself? Yeah, I think it's sheer manufacturing, right. honestly. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, a lot of our laboratory methods and, um, not methods, but uh, the actual resources come from places like China. Yeah, I know. I saw a thing that Jack Ma had to donate like 500,000 masks to Europe because... Right. They're the only ones that are happening right now. That's right. And what's scary, um, as a side note, is I've, I've actually I've talked to our um, supply chain people, and what we are seeing globally are that the, the resources that are made in a particular country, because that country is also affected, they are now starting to hoard that resource like let's just say one particular country makes masks Mm -hmm. it's gonna be hard to get masks out of that country because they may need the masks it's not in their best interest to let them go that's exactly right so to answer your initial question as far as testing because resources are so unbelievably limited we are testing but we're testing people who are either extremely ill Uh or have risk factors to become extremely ill so If you are a known congestive heart failure patient or somebody who has unbelievably um, bad lung disease mm-hmm. or if you're pregnant or something like that and you're ill, we're going to test you for the mm-hmm. for the virus. If you're somebody who is, you know, I don't know, 35 and super healthy and you have a cough and a fever, yeah. we've been directed to tell you to go self-quarantine for 14 right. days yeah. and essentially do over-the-counter type stuff and try not to spread this virus. Mm -hmm. What we have to keep in mind, and I don't want to, again, I don't want to downplay the significance of this because it's 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 a very serious issue. But this is still a virus. Mm-hmm. You know, how many times have you gone in your life to a physician and they, they go, yeah, it's just a virus. You're going to kind of have to write it out. Right. Yeah. That is still what this is. Yeah. And this is 
this is maybe a little worse. This, this strain of coronavirus yeah. is worse than what we have traditionally seen in coronavirus. Yeah. But it's still a virus. And the vast majority of people are going to get either no symptoms or they're going to get mild respiratory, upper respiratory type symptoms. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be self-limiting and go away. Yeah. And that's going to be our hope that if you're acutely ill and you're healthy, that we're going to tell you to mm-hmm. kind of try and ride this out if you can. Yeah, I mean, that's what you would do with a lot of other things if you came in. It, right. it wasn't so such a pronounced and right. uh, special circumstances. And the reality is, I'm sorry to cut you off. The, the reality is that the, the, the hysteria that has mm-hmm. become really kind of media driven, in my opinion, yeah. um, we're getting these phone calls think, with people who think they have coronavirus, and they may have coronavirus. Right. Whereas these people would never have called me before. Sure. Right? I yeah. mean, they would have just gone about their normal day. Yes. They, so, I mean, just a heightened sensitivity to that's it. Right. And that's where some of the coverage has been really good to put this in perspective of, yes, so this does appear to be worse than like the regular flu season in terms of what whatever we can, whatever range we can establish for maybe the death toll on this, but, or the, or the percent, but there's also great reports out that, like, if you look at the big plagues of history, this is really, really minor compared to some of those. And because of the medicine we have now, yeah. the availability of information <clears throat> on what to do if you have it, um, you know, we just need to sit tight and ride this out. Yeah, you're 100% right. I, I think um, I actually looked at the CDC this morning, uh-huh. and they give an estimate. They can't give you a final number yet, but they give you an estimate on the death toll and the number of cases um, of the flu each year. And if we're just comparing, everybody don't want to compare, but um, they're projecting or thinking that the flu this year from October of 19 to current day, m- uh-huh. March of 2020, the death toll is somewhere between 22 to 55,000. Right. And um, and we, we've had, I, I, I did not look at the current corona number virus uh, deaths uh, global right now, but it's, yeah. it's obviously much, much, much less than that. Oh, yeah. Uh, the the other thing that I think you have to keep in mind is that we have no idea how many people actually have coronavirus. I, I alluded to that a minute ago, that really the, the, the caseload is well more than we have, we, we know, right? Right. Which, if you, if you think about it, really drops the mortality rate mm-hmm. significantly. Right now, Certainly. we think that the mortality rate is 3 to 4%. Mm-hmm. But that's if, if of you, the people that had the symptoms to get tested, that's exactly right. Yeah. So our hope is that the mortality rate is significantly lower because we just don't know how many people actually have it. Right. So if you're going to give some advice to somebody at this point uh, who maybe let's take somebody who thinks that they might have this, uh, what would you say? And then maybe some advice to somebody who has something entirely different sure. that they would normally go to the doctor for. What advice do you have sure. for them? So I, I think there's a lot we can say to all of those questions. So um, and make sure I answer your question specifically. So everybody has everybody's heard that we need to be washing our hands. We need to mm-hmm. practice social distancing. And the, this is accurate. I mean, this, this is what we need to be doing. Yeah. Just like any other virus, I see, I see ill people on a regular basis. I don't wear gowns and masks and stuff traditionally in the office just to see you for your cold. Right. But I wash my hands every single time. Yeah. Right. Because I know that that's how we get this. Right. So that's, that's a hundred percent accurate. You need to be washing your hands a lot, um, using the alcohol stuff, but the hand washing is actually better with soap mm-hmm. and water and, and trying our best to, to distance ourselves a little bit or pay attention to our surroundings. Now this at least what is known as of today, 
the it is it is believed that this is a droplet communicable disease. Mm-hmm. It's not aerosolized. So just because we breathe the same air mm-hmm. doesn't mean we're going to exchange this particular virus. We really yeah. still believe that you have to exchange some kind of droplet, saliva, mucus, whatever it is, mm-hmm. to get this from somebody else. So um, again, they, the social distancing thing is a, is, is a great idea. I don't want you to be overtly worried about breathing the same air as somebody else necessarily though right. if that makes sense so is it more is it more along the lines of touching the same thing it is you, you know actual contact with other people it as is. opposed to just the space you're exactly right yeah uh, you just don't know where other people's hands have been right right yeah and so, so we're just we're, we're just sanitizing everything at this that's point. exactly right yeah. and you just got to keep you, you've got to keep yourself protected as best you can and again the average individual who's healthy you may get this and, and, and not know it and, and be fine. And so I think your concern for yourself should be low. Yeah. But at the same time, your concern for passing this virus to somebody else who mm-hmm. is at higher risk should be a concern, right? right. I, we, we should pay attention to our elderly population and those who are immunocompromised, who have cancer, who have, are undergoing chemotherapy, or again, those people who have heart and lung disease they're mm-hmm. at significant risk of death from right. this virus. Yeah. And so those should be our concern as young, healthy individuals. Our concern shouldn't necessarily be as much for ourselves, but for those, passing it on to those people. Right. Yeah. So if you're sick and it's not coronavirus related, sure. uh, what, what, what advice do you give to that person? This is the worst time ever to have something that's not coronavirus. <laughs> and, and we live in Oklahoma where allergies are rampant, right? right. And so um, it, this comes at a very difficult time for us to make a decision. Yeah. So... As far as our practice, um, we are trying to screen people via the phone. I mean, as best as we know how. And, you know, if you have clear strep throat symptoms, Mm -hmm. if you only have a sore throat, or if you have another issue, a wound or something that needs to be seen or a headache, you should still seek medical care. I mean, we don't, we're not trying to turn people away. Right. Um, Because again, to our earlier point, there are still sick people that need to be seen. Um, but I think, I think it, it may be wise if you have a well visit coming up uh-huh. or if you just need medicine refills and, and you could push your visit back two months or three months. Sure. It may be wise for, for two reasons. One, to, to maybe not bog down your, your doctor with it. I again, that sounds harsh and rude, yeah, but, but, I mean, but they're seeing other things. To, to see everybody. So you That's right. make some decisions. Yeah. And going to your doctor's office, I don't want to scare you from coming to my office, but yeah. you're at increased risk of getting this stuff, right? right. Because you're out and about and uh, around other sick people. So I would say that if you have a well visit coming up, you may want to consider pushing that back. And I would bet you your physician is more than willing to refill your medicines for a month or two months or whatever it is, because we all we all understand and we know this is a this is a odd time and something that we have to do different measures for. Mm-hmm. So just to, to wrap up and maybe as a, as a parting word, is there anything that you're saying, man, this is just a misconception if we could get this out of the way or uh, just a bottom line advice as you're trying to sort through all sure. the coverage and stuff to sure. leave people with? And, and, and I think there's, there's a lot that could be said to, to that specific question. I think um, I think I've got to be very careful <laughs> what I say. I think the, the hysteria in the country and in the world right now concerns me much more than the virus does. Mm -hmm. The virus, God willing, will Mm -hmm. go away as it heats up and we really um, start treating people and it calms down. 
as, lo- as long as you're not at significant increased risk, I think that your concern should be moderately low. Okay. Yeah. But, um, and again, I already said, you got to pay attention to spread, mm-hmm. but I think my bigger concern is this social hysteria. And I think, I think you've really got to pay attention to what you watch, mm-hmm. filter it with a wise eye yeah. and, um, and know that as long as you're taking the appropriate precautions that you're probably pretty darn safe from this deal. And right. even if you get it, you're probably at low risk of significant illness from it. Yeah. With that said, you know, in addition to washing your hands and social distancing and whatnot, would it be wise to take some vitamins and, you know, beyond yeah. some vitamin C? Right. Um, absolutely. That's not going to hurt you. And in fact, um, um, as a side note, I, I own a little side business. It's an IV infusion business and uh-huh. we've been busy. Oh, I bet. And, yeah. and, and, and I think honestly, rightfully so instead yeah. of investing in toilet paper, right. should, should we invest in maybe some IV vitamin C? Sure. I don't, I sure think that that would be helpful, not hurtful. Yeah, and I'm kind of hoping that outside of this one thing, we have like the healthiest season ever because people are taking all these precautions. It's You're like, exactly right. Coronavirus is bad, but everything else is actually really low this year comparatively. Well, well I'm actually kind of excited. Um, and th- again, excited is not the right word. That's That sounds um, um, kind of silly to say, but hopeful that maybe this is an educational lesson for next year's flu season. Yes. Get your flu shot. Oh my gosh. And if we yeah. get if we get a coronavirus vaccine, uh-huh. which I don't know if we will or not, I think we will. Mm-hmm. Um, if you come to my office and you ask for a coronavirus vaccine and you don't want your flu shot, I'm going to look at you like you're crazy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This is like nationwide training. Uh, right. This, is, this yeah. is great training for people. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, th- I think... As a parting word, like you said, I think as long as we're washing our hands and paying attention to our surroundings and paying attention to the sick people around us who could potentially get ill from this, um, I think we're going to all end up okay. God willing. Thanks for listening to the So We Speak podcast. If you like what you hear, go ahead and leave a comment, leave a review, email us, tell us what you like about it, tell us what you'd improve about it. Thanks to all you guys who are listening, and we'll see you next week on the So We Speak podcast.